welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. All of you everywhere. Hello, River Valley. My name is Pastor Eric, and I am humbled and honored to be here with you. Now, you are here for a reason. Do you know this? You are all here for a reason. Now, there's a couple reasons why we go to church. Um, People, the person next to you. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm thankful for you. You're here for people, for relationships, for people that you love to go to church with. Maybe you're here for a pastor, a campus pastor, or a worship pastor, or one of the pastors at one of the campuses, someplace at some point, spoke to you, ministered to you, prayed with you, walked with you. You're here for preaching the rightly dividing of the word of God that gives you purpose. Maybe you're here for purpose. Maybe you're here um, for the programs I mean, do you realize that at River Valley Church, at all of the campuses, that we have a laundry list of programs for you, for your family, for your loved ones that are there to equip and enrich and encourage you in your life? As you pursue Christ, as you discover all who you are to be, you come to church for, for, for some of those programs. Um, maybe because you are looking for peace. People come to church when their life goes chaotic and you're here searching for for peace because you have problems. I know I have problems. Does anyone else have problems? Okay, whether you have peace or you have problems, you definitely come to church for pastries. And notice I didn't say donut holes. Okay? Does this church do donut holes? Okay, we need to change that. Because donut holes are the devil's leftovers. You need something holy, like a donut. Huh? You like that? No applause. Okay, awesome. Moving on. Maybe someone's applauding somewhere. My mom, online. She's like, that was good, son. You come here for a bunch of different reasons, but you need to know this. This church exists here. This church. All eight campuses And any campus that will ever exist from this point forward, this church exists for Jesus. Do you know this? And you are here because of Jesus. You're here because someone invited you because they know Jesus. You're watching online because you're interested in Jesus. It is all about Jesus. Amen? Amen. So let's talk about Jesus just for a minute. Because it's unbelievable when you really study who he was. 
Life-changing. Jesus was a master Torah teacher. Say Torah with me, okay? On three. One, two, three. Okay, you can do a little better. Torah. Get that in there, all right? If you don't know how to speak Hebrew, all you need to know is Okay? Torah. Ready? One, two, three. Much better. Now wipe the person's hair in front of you. And if you're online, wipe your computer screen. Torah. Jesus is a master Torah teacher. It's the Torah. It's the first five books of the Bible. Now to be a master Torah teacher, catch this, you had to have the entire first five books of the Bible memorized. Yeah, that's like if you're a plumber, uh, you have like a mid-80s Astro van that's white and pants that don't fit. You know what I'm talking about? You've had a plumber at your house, you're like, okay, I can't watch. But in reality, uh, the master Torah teacher, part of that prerequisite to be that was to know the first five books of the Bible by heart. Jesus didn't stop there. He wasn't just a master Torah teacher. He was a master Torah teacher that taught with smicha. Smicha. Now that's a fun one to say. It's like yicha, only smicha. Okay, so say that with me on three. Ready? One, two, three. Nice. That was a lot of spit on that one. Smicha. The only way that you got smicha going back to like Moses and Aaron is if there was a rabbi with smicha that laid their hands on you in a public place and he said, I've got smicha. And there was another rabbi that laid his hands on you and said, I've got smicha. And we say with our smicha that this rabbi now has smicha. Go and teach with smicha. That's a whole lot of smicha. Smicha is a Hebrew word for authority. And Jesus is the only rabbi ever to get his authority straight from God. When he's baptized, the heavens rip open. And God says, this is my son whom all smicha has been given. All authority. What he says goes. He is the final say about how to interpret the Torah. He is going to offer up the final teaching, the final yoke, the way of looking at the Torah and what he says goes. Now to be that, a master Torah teacher that teaches with smicha, you had to have not only the first five books of the Bible memorized, you had to have the entire Old Testament memorized. And we're supposed to be like Jesus. So let's get started. <laughs> Got about 24 minutes left. Repeat after me. In the beginning, God created the heaven. We'll see how far we get. I don't know. In the beginning, God created... I mean, could you imagine that? That is a daunting task to memorize that much scripture. I did the math. If you were going to memorize this part of the Bible, uh, you would have to start at the age six. And you would have to go until you are 66. And then you would finally have it down. Maybe 70, depending on the translation that you use. Memorizing 30 words a day. Remembering those 30 words prior from that other day. For 60 plus years. Then you'd have it down. Some of you are behind. (laughs) Take the pressure off yourself. But know this, if you know more about God's word than you did yesterday or last week, you're on the right track. You're becoming more like Jesus. 
It's not a have to, it's a get to. And church, we need to understand something about this word. It's not just a book in a hotel drawer or on your nightstand or an app in your phone. It's the very living, breathing word of God. And when it's rightly divided and applied to your life, it is life changing. When you wake up in the morning, you have a choice though. You know that. To like do what I've done, you silence the alarm on your cell phone that also doubles as a flashlight. And then we flip over to an app, email, InstaG, Snapchatty, Facebook, MySpace. If you have a MySpace, delete it right now. <laughs> Just right where you are, delete it, okay? But in reality, you have maybe caught yourself in the moment where your reality gets noisy because you take this phone and you start firefighting your day with your life's currency. You want God to say something, but your Bible stays closed. I have found so often that God has already said what he wishes to say, I just need to discover it. And I have found so too often that when I live out of order, I wonder why I have no order. And so I'll say this, in the beginning, the spirit of God is hovering over the water and then God says, the spirit of God collides with the word of God for the first time ever recorded. What happens? When the spirit of God that's hovering over the water and the word of God collides, what happens? Creation is born. Everything that you see is made. What makes you think that we're any different where is the Spirit of God? When you're in Christ, the Spirit of God, is it just somewhere in a box? No, you are the carrier. You're the vessel. You're this carrier of the Spirit. And when you place the Word of God in front of the Spirit of God, new creation is born. It's a beautiful thing. And it's not a have to. It's a get to. And Jesus loves you whether you own a Bible or you have never read a Bible. But he sets the bar. An example of how he viewed these scriptures as a master Torah teacher that taught with smicha. He knew the word. He also teaches um, with a Hebrew teaching technique called remez, rabbinical teaching techniques. There's all kinds of them. Schools and institutions have patterned teaching methods uh, after Jesus, and he uses this teaching technique called remez. Uh, it's a hint or a clue. Uh, say that with me. Remez. One, two, three. Remez. One more time. One, two, three. Remez. Remez. It's a hint or clue. I'll give you an example. There's a saying that you know, that I know, that we know. You know? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't. Why did you know that? Because you've heard that. Buzz Lightyear, his slogan, his mantra... What did he say? To infinity and? You are cultured. Yoda. Yoda says, do or do not, there is no. Try it. Mm, yes. Sorry. Why do you know that? Because you've seen those movies. You know those sayings. And Jesus and the genius of Jesus is he knows this, church. We only uncover what we dig for ourselves. 
And so, so many times when he's teaching the disciples, they're like, what does he mean? They had to search, they had to understand. And this hint or clue would literally allow them to truly uncover for themselves what he meant. He used it all the time, remez, a hint or a clue. Master Torah teacher that teaches with smicha uses this Hebrew teaching technique called remez. Now let's go to our text, okay? Now stand with me as we read the word of God. Luke 19, verse 1. If you can stand, stand. If you can't, uh, you do not have to. If you're at home watching online, this is weird for you. Luke 19, verse 1. Reading from the word of God. If you don't have a Bible, we'll get you one. If you're on your phone reading your Bible, get a real Bible. I'm serious. Like you're in Psalms and all of a sudden you're playing Angry Birds. You're like, how did I get here? It's four o'clock. I need to shower. Luke 19 verse 1. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. Verse 2. And he climbed up a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Verse 3. And as the Savior passed that, do you know this song? Okay, if you've never been to church, it's cool, but there's a song, all right, that goes with this. Now, if you know it, sing it, all right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Okay, stop. I'm serious, stop. You weren't doing the motions. Something is wrong with that picture, church. You cannot sing that song and not do the motions. There's motions, and you know the motions. Don't act like you don't, so let's do it again. Ready? Here we go. This is me getting serious. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed. You don't climb like this, ever. (laughs) For the Lord he wanted to see. Okay. And as a Savior passed that. Stop. Look what you're doing. Look what you're doing. As the Savior passed that way. As that Savior bounded like a white-tailed deer. Through Jericho? Hey guys, just running around. Look at the vertical on Jesus Church. 48 inch vertical, easy. He could dunk. No problem. Okay, sit down. We're done. Luke 19, verse 1. He enters Jericho and he was passing through, and there was a man by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was because he was unable, because of the crowd, he was small in stature. His nickname was was Zach, for short. I'll just let that sit for a second. Some jokes are better if they marinate. This one's not getting better. Okay. And he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree, a shikma tree, in order to, he, <laughs> he climbed up ahead and went into a plastic birch tree from Hobby Lobby. <laughs> you laugh, but that's all we could come up with. Eight campuses and we have a birch tree. Okay. So he climbs up and goes up a shikma tree in order to see him, and he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to that place, he looked up in that tree and said, Zacchaeus, Zach, come down. Because if you don't, I'm going to jump up there. (laughs) This is my Bible. And I'm going to come to your house, and I'm going to stay at your house, and 
he hurries down and receives him gladly. And when they begin to see it, they begin to grumble, saying, he's gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said, Lord, I'll, I'll give half of my possessions. If I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. Now, there's a reason, church, why he said four times. And this week, I would like you to dig for yourself. It's in Leviticus. Happy hunting. Four times as much. And Jesus said to him, today God's salvation has come to this house, for he too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come in to seek and to save, which was lost. A very familiar part of scripture. We even have a song with motions for it. And there's a crowd there in this story. There's Zacchaeus up in a tree in this story. There's the Sadducees or the religious leaders that are gathered there. And then by the power of Luke's gospel, by the word of God, there's us. So what did Zach hear? What did the Sadducees hear? What did the crowd hear? And what do I think we hear today? Let's start with, let's start with the crowd. Jesus says, today God's salvation, verse 9, chapter 19 of the book of Luke. Today, God's salvation. Now, if they're speaking Hebrew, how do you say God's salvation? Yeshua. How do you say Jesus' name? Yeshua. If they're speaking Aramaic, what does Jesus' name mean in Hebrew or Aramaic? God's salvation. When the crowd who's waiting for a Messiah hears this rabbi that's teaching with smicha or authority say, today God's salvation has come to this house, what did he mean? Did he say Jesus is coming to this house or did he mean he is God's salvation, the one we are following or waiting to follow. No wonder, flip the page, the crowd wanted to find out. The Sadducees, the religious leaders, what did they hear? Jesus says loud and clear, for the Son of Man is coming to seek and to save, which was lost, verse 10, but it doesn't end there. Son of Man has come in to seek and to save, which was lost. Everybody say remez. Ready? One, two, three. Remember, hint or clue. Remez, Jesus is quoting the prophet Ezekiel. And now in Luke's gospel here at that verse 10, it ends with the period for the son of man has come in to seek and to save which was lost. But in Ezekiel 34, 16, it doesn't end there. I will seek that which is lost, bring back the scattered, bind up the broken and strengthen the sick. Sounds good. Sounds familiar. Semicolon. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with judgment. No wonder the Sadducees wanted to kill him. What did he just say to them? Putting people up in trees like that? Making people up there feel like they're there? I'll deal with you. What did Jesus say to Zacchaeus? I think that Zacchaeus hears something when Jesus calls to him in that tree that he hasn't heard in a long time. I think he hears his name. Now, have you ever forgotten someone's name and you're supposed to know it? That's an awkward moment for you. You meet them, you're supposed to know their name and you're like, how you doing? Sister. Brother in the Lord, how you doing, buckaroo? How do, you spell your, how do you spell your last name? Have you ever looked at someone's Facebook and tried to figure out through their friends who you're talking to in front of you? 
Have you ever called someone and said, hey, I'm with that person. What's their name? Texted them. You've tried to find out their name. Why is this? Because when you forget someone's name or they forget your name, it's dehumanizing. It's like you don't exist. You're like, what? I don't exist? Oh, when, when someone forgets your name, you certainly feel that. If they forgot who you are and they're supposed to know who you are, it's like it takes a part of your identity away. And Zacchaeus is up in this tree and they grumble and they say he's gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And sinner is Zacchaeus's job. Zacchaeus is a tax collector. Ceremonial, like unclean. They had a logistical problem on their hands. They had to take the currency in and these graven images of, of Caesars, uh, they couldn't touch it. Because if you touch something with a graven image, according to the Torah, you're a sinner. You're ceremonially unclean. You are not clean. Does that make sense? And so they go, I got to get someone to do this. And so they call Zacchaeus. He's a tax collector. And Zacchaeus collects all the money and he becomes a sinner. They have gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. He's a tax collector. You don't like tax collectors. I see bumper stickers on cars that say like Vikings or, or Packers or if you really need prayer, bears. I mean, but in re- sorry. But in reality, I didn't see anybody or anybody in anyone's car that says go IRS. <laughs> Do you have a t-shirt at home that says I'm cheering for the IRS and the back's like can't wait for April? <laughs> no because we don't like to pay taxes all that much. And Zacchaeus is walking up to people saying, oh, your taxes are four. He keeps literally two, and then he would pay the tax, and he kept two for him, and that's why he's rich. And he's a sinner because he has to touch these, these coins. And Zacchaeus maybe hadn't heard the name Zacchaeus in a while. They had gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. That's what Luke says that they say. You don't talk like that. You're going over to your friend's house who's a realtor and people are like, hey, where are you going? You're not like, I'm going to the house of a realtor, of a plumber, and I'm bringing suspenders. No, we don't say that. You, you say, I'm going to Zacchaeus's house. And Zacchaeus's name has meaning. Your name has meaning. Uh, my name has meaning. My kids, Xavier, his name means the strong new house of God. Um, Xander, his name means the defender of mankind. Uh, Zeta Everdon, my baby girl, her name means prosperous every morning. Your name has meaning. My name, Eric Samuel Tim, it means one who loves pastries. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> But in reality, your name has meaning, and Zach's name has meaning. Zacchaeus in Hebrew means pure. Now, all of you at every single one of these campuses and online all over this state or world or wherever you're at, you need to hear this, not from me, but from Jesus. Zacchaeus' name means pure. And the implications of that to you for your life are, are high, heavy, beautiful, with weight, with value. Everybody put Zacchaeus up in this tree. Says, Zach, 
you're a sinner. And Jesus looks up and he says, hey, pure. Pure. Come out of the tree. That's good news. I don't know about you. I've had times in my life where I've felt the furthest thing from pure. You need to know this, that Jesus sees you as pure. He doesn't see what you did. He sees what he did to declare what was done. He doesn't see your past. He sees your future. He doesn't see what's present. He sees what's possible in him. Don't get so focused on the rearview mirror of who you were that you miss the windshield that God is making you to be. You need to understand this. You not, are, are not a sinner in Christ saved by grace. No, uh-uh. You're bought and paid for, with a price. You're a son. You're a daughter of the Most High. And you are one that is called, that is gifted, that will have a destiny and a purpose on this earth to bring heaven to this earth. Stop singing that song, you're a sinner saved by grace. Nothing can be further from the truth if you're in Christ. You sin, you may drop the ball, you may fall short, miss the mark, but that is not your identity. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You are not a sinner in Christ. You are a son, you are a daughter who sins. And that's all the difference in the world. Because Jesus sees you as pure and you need to know this. You can have what he says you can have and you can do what he says you can do. And you are who he says you are. And he calls you pure, not sinner. Somebody say amen. Because that's good news for somebody that walked into one of our campuses or is watching somewhere online. They need to hear that Jesus sees them as pure. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what do I hear for us? There's the crowd that's there. They hear that someone just made a messianic claim that he's the son of God. Literally. Literally. The, the Sadducees hear Jesus quote Ezekiel 34, 16, and they're using Remez, and he's like, whoa, man. Now, the Zacchaeus up in this tree just hears his name, and he is received, and he's eating with this rabbi that has authority. And what do I hear for us? Well, I'll tell you just straight. I think that there are people in trees, church. I think you're going to walk out from wherever you are, and you're going to go to your work, you're going to go to your school, you're going to walk through your life, and you're going to walk by people in trees. And what I'm asking you to do is see them as Jesus sees them. Not what's present, but what could be. Not what they're doing, but what he's done for them. I'm asking you to open up and see them as Jesus sees them, pure. And that's really, really hard, and you can't do it on your own. You can only do it with the Holy Spirit working through you. I'll give you an example of the difficulty of this. I'll tell you, anytime I'm here, I will never tell you what I know. I will just tell you what the Holy Spirit's teaching me. I will never speak a message from this place, from here. I will always share with you from here. I'm watching CNN. And... Um, 
I get these um, questions that stir up in me. Ever been there? There's this guy that's holding a sword, ready to take the head off of another. And this person who's a follower of Jesus is in an orange jumpsuit and they're on their knees. The masked man is behind them with a sword. You've seen this? I always tell you who the person is, who the person is in the orange robe that's going to lose their life. But they never tell you the masked man's name. I was watching that familiar image of the persecuted church. And the Holy Spirit just said, you don't need to know his name. His name's Zacchaeus. And how you see him and how I see him are so different. It's hard. It's really hard to see the way that Jesus sees. But it's possible. Because faith and following this Christ will never make things easy. It'll just make them possible. You need to know this. You also need to know that you're pure. There are people in trees, and Jesus sees you differently. Let me just ask, um, answer really a question that culture's asking right now before we close. Culture's asking this question, and I just simply want to say it as carefully and as concise as I can. Because one of the things that get us in the way of seeing people as pure is this question Can you be blank and be a Christian? Can you be blank and be a Christian? Yes, you can. Can you stay that way? No, you can't. Um, here's why. I'm going to read this right off the screen. Coming to Jesus is one thing. Becoming like Jesus is another. And that will take the rest of your life. And you cannot follow Jesus. You cannot follow Jesus and remain who you are in any area of your life that the Holy Spirit is working to change your life. You also can't follow Jesus um, if you remain who you are. You can't follow Jesus. Um, excuse me. You cannot follow Jesus and remain who you are in any area that the Word rightly divided interpreted and applied has revealed God's plan for human existence. See, to follow Jesus is to assume that there's going to be movement. And movement is essential for change. And you need to know this and hear this. In our culture, in our day and age, God's grace will meet anyone where they are. But the truth will refuse to leave you there unchanged. And in this Christian journey, led by the Holy Spirit, the journey becomes the destination. But he sees you as pure. All along the way in church, we gotta love people in the tension as they come out of those trees. My challenge for you is simple. If you're listening, and you don't see yourself as pure because you don't have a relationship with Christ. He's calling you. Come out of the tree.
there's a better way. And if you're listening and you do have a relationship with Jesus, start to see like Jesus. Start to see people, see people in trees. King Jesus, give us the strength to see people like that. Give us the strength to bless those that persecute us, to love our enemies. In Jesus' name, amen.